Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers last time on Dungeon Drunks. After enjoying some downtime, pursuing their own interests, our heroes have reconvened in their favorite place in Waterdeep, the Golden Rock Tavern. It's two days before all of the legendary bardic instruments are to be played in an epic concert, and the first time all seven instruments have been played together in centuries. Because of their part in recovering some of those instruments, the heralds have been given seats of honor in the upcoming concert. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren. You might know me as Oboe. I have ginger ale in my Phoenix mug. The reason I have ginger ale is because I got my booster shot today. Hey! And so I am not thinking that alcohol is a good idea, especially since I have no idea how uh, much I'm going to need recovery time from the booster shot. So I am... (laughs) I am taking it easy with some ginger ale. And we're going to go to Carlton because of what he just showed to the camera, which you all understand in a moment. But I'm going to go around the horn. And for our listeners at home, we're not just going to talk about what everybody has been drinking uh, and who they are. But all of our players have leveled up. They are now level 18. I mean, they've been that way for a while, but we finally got a long rest. And and they all had a little bit of downtime. So I would like all of you, when it is your turn, to take that moment, tell us what you're drinking, Tell us what about level 18 excites you, and uh, hey, what did your characters do on their winter break? So, for reasons that will become obvious in a moment, Carlton, what are you drinking? I am also drinking ginger ale. That's what I showed the camera. Ginger ale, buddy. I got my booster shot today. I got that uh, at the beginning of December, but I like ginger ale, and it's uh, Canada Dry Zero. I've switched to only keeping, if I'm going to keep soda in the house, it's only the zero versions of the soda because one, you don't realize how many calories are in this tiny fucking can, and I don't mm. need all that sugar. I'm trying mm. to live longer for a little one now. So, mm. and they taste just as fine. Like, people are like, oh yeah, like, Diet Coke sucked. Coke Zero, a lot better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, obviously not full sugar Coke, but, like, much more palatable than diet versions. So, yeah, I have uh, Canada Dry Zero. Awesome. And Carlton is a multi-class fighter barbarian. Uh, so, at level 18, he decided to go into his... 14th level of Ancestral Barbarian. And so what that does for him is he has his uh, Spirit Shield that he normally can kind of use to deflect damage that is being dealt uh, as a reaction to some of his comrades within a certain distance. Well, now his ancestors get pissed when they deflect that damage and throw that damage back at the enemy, so the attacker. That's fair. So... Verbatim, at 14th level, your ancestral spirits grow powerful enough to retaliate. When you use your spirit shield to reduce the damage of attack, the attacker takes an amount of force damage equal to the damage that my shield prevents. Force damage. Force. That's important. Very it's important. It's not, it, yeah, because... Resistances and such. Exactly, exactly. Interesting. And, and what did Carlton do on his break? <laughs> uh, Carlton uh, disappeared for four months and went to the Feywild. Well, okay, so technically Carlton disappeared for four seconds. In this, but in Carlton's mind and body, he is four months older than he was four seconds ago. And why did he go to the Feywild? Because he was looking for exotic ingredients for when he eventually retires at the ripe old age of 27. And was there anything else? Y'all should see the look that 
Julia slash Birdie is giving me like, you did what now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you were, you went to the Feywild, you went with Seekin. Mm-hmm. Good old buddy Seekin. Had a lovely time with Ekthiarn in blue and, and got lots of wonderful ingredients and learned a whole bunch of stuff and then came back literally four seconds later. Was there anything else you did over the next 10 day in Waterdeep with your giant, giant Feywild beard? So he practiced one of the recipes he was working on while in the Feywild, his Goodberry Bless Bars, which uh, when this episode drops, I will post that recipe to our Instagram. Ooh. So they are quite tasty. It's a little bit of a sugary dessert treat. But, you know, Carlton, unlike John the Player, doesn't care about his sugar intake at this point in time. So it's a nice little dessert, a little wintertime favorite. So he's been perfecting that recipe. I love it. We will move on to Jonathan, the Magimuscular. What are you drinking? Just iced tea. Uh, it's Jonathan. I play Jonathan, the Magimuscular, and I'm not drinking tonight because uh, I've got still got work tomorrow, and uh, it's it's been a day. Jonathan, the Magimuscular, is super excited about his new ability to just cast a couple of spells at will. Uh, specifically, he chose Misty Step and Shield, uh, which if you uh, caught up on his Winter Break adventure... He and Rifon Press were doing the the normal uh, Magison Protectorate guard duty, Firewatch, what have you, and they discovered a ship full of Alchemist fire in the harbor that would have blown up real, real, real good, or real bad, depending on who you are. And they succeeded in making it safe with a lot of teleportations, including some of Jonathan the Metamuscular's new skill. Uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular also met up with Captain uh, Langley Tide Turner and uh, hung out for a bit. And that was the most uh, memorable thing about his break. It was super memorable. You, you know, just saving the entire city of Waterdeep. Just a tiny thing. And anything else that Jonathan did over the downtime? Or was that enough excitement? I think that was it? enough. I think he probably did some research and and looked into uh, what whatever his next spell is going to be. Okay. Whatever, whatever thing he's going to use to destroy evil. I like it. I like the destroying evil. Bernie, what are you drinking? I, water. I had fizzy water earlier, but right now, actually milk, and more importantly, I have homemade fudge. Mmm. I mean, it's hard to argue with homemade fudge. And uh, what is Bernie most excited about at 18th level? I don't know if there's anything good that she gets. Usually when everyone else gets something good, clerics don't get anything. So I hit the level up button on D&D Beyond. And if I recall, my uh, specific spell, like my D&D Beyond like thing is a little weird and wonky and broken because you had to do it for me. So I don't know if I get anything good, but I do have a higher amount of health and I think I have more spell slots. So we're just going to go with that. I mean, you are right that clerics, they have a weird level up process. Certainly you, you get more spells. You also get to do channel divinity more often, which is fun. It's not as exciting of a level up, but hey, you know, being able to do more of the thing that you're good at is not necessarily a bad thing. You get a, another I believe uh, you get an extra third, fifth. fifth. Oh, yes. That's where it's hanging out. There you go. And what did Bernie do on her winter vacation? Uh, Bernie and Thontorvac went to uh, go see the amphitheater where uh, the performance will happen. Um, and made a, a list of grievances. Yes, we made a list of grievances for Belana Zedok, and um, we had an all-in-all very good time. We didn't go to the Feywild, though. <laughs> no, you did not. We just walked to our destination in the Undercity. And was there anything else that Bernie took care of over that, that break? 
I feel like she did a lot of like hanging out in the the little gnome village. She did some shopping of her own, not for bodies to 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 mimic, but I don't know how that spell works. Uh, but she she mostly uh was shopping for um things like what she would wear to said performance. And yeah, just she occasionally would use sending to add to the list of grievances. Something would pop into her head and she'd be like, and she'd just use her sending wisely. And she would be like, tacky things that should be eliminated, a list, and just send it out. The sending version of bullet points. And Thunder of Rack is happy every single time to pass that along in, in his flamboyant way. And finally, last but certainly not least, Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening, uh, he completes the teetotaler circle. None of us are drinking hard alcohol today, because what I have here is a, I don't know if you can see this, it's a Dalgona, basically. Uh, I heard Ooh. about this, the kids are making it. Apparently what you do is you take some uh, instant coffee, you combine it with uh, double the sugar and double the water, hot water, you mix the, the ever-loving stuff out of it, right? And it makes a nice little foam. Basically, coffee foam, and you can put it on top of uh, cold milk or hot milk. I used almond milk because dairy does not play well with me, and I haven't tried this yet. It actually, I got a nice bleed in. Normally, I make it, I drink it right away. It doesn't get a chance to like bleed into the drink like that. So let's uh, down the hatch. Let's see how this is. Live tasting. Yeah, it's very pretty. Oh, that's pretty good. You get a little bit of the coffee flavor, but not too much. I mean, I'm sure the foam will come hit me later on, but uh, it's not too sweet. I was surprised, like, given the amount of sugar I used. But uh, I have the reason I'm. Drinking uh, coffee and not anything hard is um, we have family coming over and they're flying in like late at night. So uh, so I got to be around to help with, with uh, well, watch the kiddos, of course, put them to bed. And then when they come to help them bring their bags in because they're staying with us a couple of days. Exciting. Get to spend time with my uh, my in-laws and such. So, so I'm, I'm, they're, they're pretty rad. And they're coming. And I'm pretty excited to see them. Good. I Hopefully they have a safe trip and everyone is happy and um, they don't get in too late. But sticking with Travancore for a moment, what's Travancore most excited about his level up? Oh, well, so Travancore took another level of Druid, so now he has a level 12 Ranger, level 6 Druid. One of the spells he took was Summon Fae, thinking thematically about Travancore's character arc vis-a-vis having Fae spirits impersonate animals. The next logical step was him to take the Summon Fae spell and to have the Fae acting troop actually, you know, come in and uh, sort of this season stretch their uh, their limits a little bit and either being uh, mirthful, fuming, or tricksy. Uh, so basically, what this spell does is it lets me call forth the face spirit that acts on my turn. I'm used to having things act on my behalf during my turn, so it's very on brand for me. And they get the choice to do these things. Uh, they can choose a mood, and the mood will reflect what they're able to do. Basically, you can read about it in D and D Beyond or, or Google the, the, the mechanics of it. But uh, but it's cool that I have uh, a little buddy, and I'm thinking I just saw Encanto recently. So I might have some of the cast of Encanto show up. So uh, good. It's for his face so good. Beard. So good. My, 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 uh, Travancore Jr. is singing the song still. Aw. Y'all should talk about Bruno. <laughs> okay, and then Travancore, what did you do during your downtime? So Travancore, I called up uh, Lady Olivia Passerac and invited her to a sort of private lunch where he spilled 98% of the tea vis-a-vis his family history, the curse that was on his family, what he had been up to, most of what he had to overcome to lift that curse, but not details that were compromised, the, uh, that mountain of lava that we melted the thing in, because that's nobody's business. Travancore wishes he could forget that, but he can't. And, you know, after all that, he mentioned the concert, and they talked about that, and uh, he arranged a date with uh, Lady Olivia Passerac, so he's going to be going out with her 
when the concert happens. So that's uh, very exciting. We've been doing breakfast beforehand. I love it. I love it. And was there anything else that uh, Travancore did over the break? So, and I'm hoping to build my learning of uh, Summon Fey into this, but he did his usual sojourn for a couple of days into, into the woods, but thought to himself, let me go visit Penelope, you know, see how she's doing. And Aww. with the DM's permission, what I would like is for her to be the one to talk Travancore this spell. I love that so much. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And you would have had just enough time to do the, the on-foot travel out there, find her. She would have taught you how to summon Faye. Uh, the two of you would have had a, a lovely day, day and a half, and then do the trek back. And I think that's adorable. And I love that so much. Okay. So with all of that happening, we'll say, Travancore, you came back into town last night. A bunch of you have we were off doing your thing. You've all gotten several long rests, and this morning are meeting up for breakfast for the first time in a while. You've caught up with each other on what each of you were up to, but this is kind of the first time you've had a chance to sit and enjoy each other's company without having to catch everybody up on several months of Feywild trips. And as the breakfast is going on, there's a loud banging at the door of the Golden Rock Tavern, and in comes a figure that you have not seen in weeks, if not months, hauling an instrument on her back, feathers ruffled, you see your bard friend Soria, who you all kind of knew was in town because she was listed as one of the, the bards who's performing in the concert, but this is the first time that you've had a chance to see her. And as she bursts into the tavern and sees you all, she waves with one of her big claws and comes skipping on over. Hi! I'm so glad that I was able to catch you. I wasn't sure if you were even going to be here, and I've been trying to get in touch with all of you, but, like, it's been really busy, and the last couple of days have been incredibly busy, and then every time I came here, it seems like a bunch of you were gone, but you're all here now, and Carlton, that is a really big beard. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, yeah, I didn't have a chance to shave, uh, yesterday. Are, are, do you want the beard? Is the beard good? Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna find out. We're gonna, we're gonna leave it for a little bit, and then, uh, we'll see how we feel about it. So, at, at the noticing of the beard, Jonathan the Metromuscular kind of looks up for his breakfast like, oh, now we're talking about this. Okay, Jonathan the Metromuscular just thought he was going insane because Carlton did not have this beard when Jonathan the Metromuscular last saw him. Yesterday. So we're talking about it now. <laughs> Are we? No, no one has said anything about it. No one. And there's two people and he like, he does this where he, he looks at... You know, he does he does this at uh, at uh, Travancore, and he does that at uh, Bernie. Two people who are way more perceptive than Jonathan the Metamuscular. Jonathan the Metamuscular felt like he was going insane. I died and came back from that. Extra facial hair does not bother me that much after that experience. Bernie um, puts her, her tea down in her saucer, and she says, We don't discuss private family matters with a public audience, but we will not be talking about the beard so much as what it represents a little bit later. Ah, okay. And she uh, makes large eyes at Carlton that say, with no blinking, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> <laughs> because she got a note. <laughs> 
she got a note. This is this is what I this is the only thing that I let I was sick on the day everyone else recorded. So the only thing I decided that Bernie would find out is this note that Carlton left for her. Yeah, Soria stands there looking incredibly uncomfortable. Was I not supposed to mention the beard? Is the beard a bad thing? I mean, it's a no, big No, it's just it's that a big I went beard. to the Baywild without telling anyone. Well, I told Gestock to give Bernie the note, but then I saw Gestock and he said he wasn't going to give the note, but I guess he like remembered to give you the note now that I'm here, so that way there's a, a paper trail of my shenanigans. You hear Gestock from behind the counter saying, I wanted to make sure I wasn't blamed. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's f- and Bernie goes, we do not blame you, dear. We do not blame you. You could not have prevented this. I have spent a lifetime attempting to prevent stupidity. To no avail, and they say insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So Jonathan, on that note, I can assure you, you are not insane because you came down here this morning not expecting a beard, and yet here one is. Yeah, yeah, we will, however, discuss this later. Sorry, dear. How are you? No, no, fine, fine. You know, interplanetal travel, temporal anomalies. Yeah, the fine. And Jonathan, Magic Muscular, like. Puts both his giant arms down on the table and just like, hmm, sulks. And Bernie <laughs> looks over and Whatever. she says, Hi, sorry. Not in front of company. <laughs> but is she company or family at this point? She's company. Uh, both. Why not both? I can be both. In this moment, I'm company because that's what Bernie says. I'm totally company. And she grabs a chair from a nearby table that isn't being used and puts it down and then sits sideways and unhooks the thing that's on her back that you all recognize as the case for the lyre, the fancy musical instrument, the legendary bardic instrument that she's playing, uh, because you all know that she's in this orchestra. And she sits down and says, okay, moving on without this being uncomfortable. Hi, it's good to see you. Sorry, I didn't come to see you sooner, but it's been a lot of rehearsals. Been a lot of rehearsals. This has happened very fast. I'm super excited. I'm very nervous, I, but nervous in like a good way. Nervous in the the I can't wait to actually do the thing. And I, I'm so excited that they asked me to do this. I, I guess I guess I'm finally becoming kind of famous. And she looks wide eyed at all of you. You are very famous. I mean, I it's all because of all of you. I mean, I sang all those songs about all of you. And we told people about the bard that was singing the songs about us. It's cyclical. You sang songs about us? Circle, circular, circular. 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 Cyclical. That too. All of those things. But you're the one who sang the songs. If I had sung the songs, they would have booed me right out of the building because, and they've forgotten all the heroic thieves I may or may not have done. So your your talent got you to where you are. and we're, we're super inspired. And I don't want to say I'm proud of you because that implies ownership. You inspire us. I'll say Aww. that instead. Well, that's super nice. And, 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 and I... Mutual admiration society. Yes. So anyway, yeah, it's good. Uh, and I got more rehearsals this afternoon, but I, I thought you would all be here. And so I wanted to say hi. And I'm assuming you're going to be at the performance, right? Right? Yeah, we'll be there. Hello, good. P. Good, 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 good. I'll be looking for you when I'm not hardcore playing. This is, this. there's a lot. We're doing a lot very quickly. In fact, I'm a little worried because we haven't even played the whole symphony all at once. What symphony are you playing? Oh, so the guy who made all the instruments wrote a symphony, and it's a seven-part symphony, and it includes pieces, it includes several movements, and each of them kind of highlights one of the instruments, and so we're playing that. 
although it's edited, the concert master, the person who's going to be running everything, uh, she's also playing the Olam harp because she's from Waterdeep. So she got to play the harp. But she like did the final editing because when Folletier wrote this, it was super old and it was a different kind of notation. And so she had to do some updating to everything to make sure that we could read it. Because I don't know if you read old notation, but it's bad. It's really, really hard. Anyway, we're doing that. And it's seven movements. And they're like these little-ish movements, but there's a lot of them. And we've been doing a lot of really nitpicky, very specific work because, you know, it's this old piece that's new that people haven't heard of before, but it's also new and I'm excited. But it's uh, like, it's really weird that like, we're playing this in two days. I haven't played the whole thing yet, like top to bottom. But I, oh, we'll, prob we'll probably get there. We'll probably get there. Right? 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 I right, mean, I haven't yeah, done one um... of these big group things yet. Soria, do you want to do me one really, really, really important favor? Um, when you Anything. are at rehearsal, I would like you to raise a hand, claw, a wing, I can and ask if there is a plan, be polite but incredibly firm, and then if they refuse to answer you, be rude. Ask if you will be, if, if you continue, you don't have to ask this if it's very obvious, but... So I want you to, like, if you're at rehearsal and you guys just keep playing this whole thing piecemeal uh, and you never actually play it all the way through, I think it'd be really important if you just, like, uh, asked if you plan to play it all the way through as a whole before the actual performance. And then you, so what is, and if you could, and Bernie's just, like, rummaging in the bag of holding for Ink's Quill and... Pen, if you could tell me one more time the name of the symphony and who is arrange who's the arranger on that and who the it's the Th Thalatier did a thing and you yeah so so it's it's a symphony I I guess it'd be symphony number one I don't know if it's got a name name but yeah it's so Thalatier is the guy who he made all of the instruments a long time ago he made all the the really fancy instruments and apparently he wrote a symphony and and amongst all of the things that was discovered about all of the instruments, the symphony was too. And Travancore, roll me a history check with advantage. Ooh. Okay, here we go. Uh, While he's doing that, wasn't that the book that we found all those years, months ago, in Outside of Greenest? Well, guess what? <laughs> 21. Travancore, just looking into the eyes of your companions reminds you that, yeah, that book that you found all those months ago, Outside of Greenest, the one that you gave to Balana Zadok, the person who has basically put this entire thing together, this entire performance, you remember her talking about that and giving her this book. And now you kind of know what was in that book. Huh. So this symphony has our hand, well, handwork on it in more ways than one. Oh, so you know it. I, don't, I can't read the music, so I, I, I know that I, I know the, pic, the cover. No, it is. We know of it. We touched it, I think. Um. So, and who is exactly playing the Olam harp again? Oh, so it's uh, Kriya Cloudfang. She's a really famous bard right here in Waterdeep. She was the one who has been working with, and Soria will look over at Jonathan. Is it Ms. Mist? Is it uh, Watchful Order? Is it, like, what's the correct honorific for Balana Zadok? I'm not exactly sure. I haven't met her yet. I've just heard about her, and, and that's apparently who our patron is. Do we have honorifics in the order? Okay. I, not really. You've got titles, but you don't use them. Is she married? You've no idea. Jonathan the Magimuscular would go with Miz because we don't know any better, and okay. frankly, we Jonathan the Magimuscular hasn't thought to ask. 
then yeah, I'd go with that because that makes uh, sense. Because people oh, who oh, wait, tend wait, to wait, have... hold on, hold on. So Jonathan the Magimuscular has keen mind. Has he ever? I, I but maybe not keen eyes. Has he ever noticed like a symbol of marriage on Bellano Zedok, like a ring or a or a necklace or whatever nope. tattoo? Nothing. Nothing that was obvious. Okay. Some people get tattoos. <laughs> Some people do. Some people don't wear any rings. You know, there's a bunch of different ways. But Soria continues and says, well, that, that, that makes the most sense because I, most of the people that I know that have some kind of honorific before their name, they want to tell you about it because they've earned it in some way. And so it's like, you know, it's like a, a point of pride. Anyway, anyway, she's the one who is our patron and is like putting together the whole thing. And so Kriya is going to play the Olam Harp because she's from here. She's from Waterdeep and she's leading the orchestra. And she's the one who also was working with Balana Zadok in order to make sure everything was in more modern notation so that we could all read it because old notation is old. Old notation is very old. Mm-hmm. Bernie looks to see if there's literally anyone among them other than Soria that understands what she's talking about. She's like, oh, yeah, all notations old. She's like looking around, she's like, dude. Is it better? No, it's just old. It's it's like translating a language that is not used anymore. And like old common. So, it's like old common, right? Where they use thou and wist and... Yeah, kind of, kind of. And so like you can still kind of read it, but it's really annoying. And so... And, and some of the stuff doesn't translate really well, especially across the way that we've got the more modern notation. It's a whole big thing. Don't worry about it. Like, it would have been really, 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 really hard in order to read the original notation. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot better to have the sheet music and, like, something more modern. Anyway, that's what we're, we're working on. What was your question? I've totally forgot what your question was. Did I answer it? <laughs> you told me who the arranger was, and mm-hmm. you said that it's Folletier's... Folletier? Folletier? And that you will, if you don't ever play it all the way through, you will uh, be polite and firm in insisting that you do play it all the way through. And then if they won't, you will ask why. Yes. Sorry. This isn't one of the works of art that upon completion ends the world, right? I hope not. I don't want to end the world. I mean, Jonathan the Magimuscular has seen many plays, studied many things. There was the, speaking of plays, there was the play the, at the third act, The World Ends. There was the orchestra that, upon completion of the, uh, of the final movement, uh, The World Ends. Violin solo, it does it. It was a wonderful play. We, but I don't know. Oh, I, I think, think I know I that think one. the adaptation that I saw was a little weird. Anyway, and then, oh, uh, yes, the, uh, the barbershop quartet that, as soon as they hit the last, uh, last chord, The World Ends. Although that was because the Barbershop Quartet was made of uh, old one aberrations from beyond space and time. I mean, that, that would, that that would, would happen. Yeah, that would, that, that would so, be a kind of an indication. Are, are we for sure that, that, that Volunteer did not write a piece of music that, especially when played by all of his instruments, won't end the world? And that's why you haven't played it all the way through. That would be really weird. Jonathan, roll an Arcana check with advantage. Oh, dear. When your DM asks you to roll... <laughs> How how dare? Oh, and no, 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 I don't know. No, that's not. I'm not put out. I am worried. <laughs> <laughs> you must misunderstand my oh dear. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's see. Uh, there we go. I like giving advantage when I know that a character probably ah, okay. knows a thing. We have feast or famine here. We have a one or a nineteen. Which jeez, oh, this is why advantage is important. Yeah, so what'd you so get on that nineteen? A Thirty. A Thirty. Okay. 
you're not 100% a scholar of music, but as a scholar of the arcane arts, as well as a regular visit to a bunch of different musical and play performances, you're pretty sure if the guy who had created all of these amazing bardic instruments had meant for them to be played to end the world, you would have heard something about it, and these instruments would probably be way more dangerous. Um, you know that all of the instruments, along with being just incredibly beautiful instruments and pinnacles of their art and magic items that are very hard to destroy, and you also remember talking to Bernie about the simple act of playing it and the fact that it it kind of... It requires attunement by a bard, but the fact that she played it, she basically had to make a saving throw to make sure that she wasn't hurt by it. The fact that there's kind of those safeguards in place make you think that Folletier wouldn't have written a symphony like that. That that seems contrary to what he was all about. Okay. Uh, from your studies. Right. So I... I... This is part of the player of Jonathan, the actual person, not not being up on on who Folletier was. I mean, I'm glad they're not the kind that would create a bunch of awesome instruments and create a piece of music with the express purpose of ending the world. Yeah, me too. That would be really, really bad. I don't want to end the world. I like the world. It's the place in where I have all of my stuff. And so I really don't want to lose it. <laughs> I, I mean, also, I don't want to be the person who's known as someone who was playing a musical instrument and then ended the world. That's not my legacy that I want to leave behind. Soria, I can assure you that if this had happened and, it, you know, everything that uh, the entire scenario that Jonathan the Muscular just described was actually a thing, no one would remember that you were one of the ones that did it because everyone would be dead. True, but you are all going to be there. So if something really bad happens, you can stop it, right? We can make a valiant attempt. Well, you've succeeded at all of your other valiant attempts, so I trust you. That's very good. But on the off chance, like, here's... <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> on the off chance that there is some form of um, shady shit that you suspect is going on, just, you know, you don't have to... You don't have to whistle blow out loud if you know what I mean. You don't have to call it out as you see it. You know, the if you see something, say something rule. When and who you say something to is very important. So what you could do for us is if you see something, say something to one of us and we'll make sure we take care of it. Okay. We should come up with a symbol, actually, or some sort of sign. Like, because you're going to be far away. We may not be able to hear you necessarily when you're in the uh, the orchestra. But if you do something that we all understand is the, the danger symbol or something, we can spring into action. But, but just a question, what should that be? Hmm. Well, I was thinking more along the lines of as you are in practice, if you notice shit's getting kind of weird, then you should say something to us like af after practice or... Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could do both. Before, I'd like to take, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a giant pound of horse manure. So uh, we could take steps to mitigate any horrible thing from happening. I don't think that exchange rate is accurate. Oh, I, I, I've heard that phrase before around the, uh, around the uh, Amethyst Acropolis. You know, a cantrip of prevention is worth uh, several high-level spells uh, if, of dealing with it later. I have to learn that cantrip. That'd be a really good cantrip. Okay, yeah, I'll do both. I'll ask about, you know, being able to play the entire symphony all the way through because trust me, I really want to be able to play the whole thing. It is really, really nerve-wracking to get to a performance and not have played the entire thing through. Yeah, that's weird. All the I way. feel like 
above game. I feel like this is something that maybe uh, our 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 dear oboe has maybe had nightmares about showing up the performance, <laughs> maybe not knowing all of her part or playing. Something nobody. tells me Lauren has uh, experienced this experience firsthand. I mean, it's been several years since there's been any long term performances, but I will say that I, I I have had those moments of showing up and where we've had a couple rehearsals and we haven't played through the entire piece until the concert and the first time we play it through is at the concert and it's nerve-wracking it's not as uncommon as you think or as soria is portraying it but soria will go on to say now i'm mostly the kind of bard that actually performs in taverns a lot of the time and it's my own stuff and my own stuff only takes like three two three minutes maybe four minutes i've been trying to write something that's like an epic that's a multi-movement thing that would be six minutes or so or longer anyway this is a lot more than I've ever done. So maybe that's just kind of a weird thing. I don't know. But I think it's weird. And I will definitely ask about that. And if I see anything, I will say something. And then Travancore, if things start to go wrong, uh, sign, sign. What kind of sign do you want? What kind of sign can I make? I want you to point one wing straight up in the sky. I'll know what it means and I'll find it. And I'll spring it into action. I will. Yes. If I do that, I will also stop playing, which is probably a good thing. And you notice that Soria, when she goes to... Because wings come out to the side. She's going to mime before Travancore. And she ends up leaning all the way over like 90 degrees so that her wing goes straight on up. And she's like, and I will do this. So documented. Not that anyone can see it because of, because of Michael Dorn. <laughs> Dorn. Dorn. As she gives the wing sign, the door to the Golden Rock Tavern opens up again. And all of you recognize a second figure. In fact... Jonathan was just hanging out with Rifon Press, so he's a little more in tune with having seen him recently. But Rifon Press, Captain Rifon Press, comes walking on in. Jonathan the Metamuscular gives him a head nod, Cap. Jonathan, ah, just who I wanted to see. And he comes walking on over in his epic duster. (laughs) I call him Cap. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's just what we call him. Yeah. He comes walking over. He's got a notebook in his hand that he actively is now opening up and shuffling through pages as he smiles and walks on over and then stops just short of the table and notices Soria and says, oh, I'm sorry. I felt bad enough that I was going to be interrupting your breakfast, but I also didn't want to interrupt a conversation. And Soria looks at Rifon and says, oh, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. I was pretty much done, listen, or something else that anybody wanted to say, because I have to get back to rehearsal because we're doing another rehearsal today. And hopefully by the end of today, we'll have played the entire piece all at the same time. I don't know, but I will ask, like Bernie said, and I will be ready with the wing sign, like Trevancore said. But was there anything else you wanted to say? Because I will go so you can talk to this guy in his epic duster. Have fun, Soria. Good to see you. Okay, bye. And she picks up the case holding her instrument and scampers off. And Captain Rifon Press watches her leave. And as the door closes, says, you know, some of the performers in the group who are going to be performing the concert in a couple of days. We get around. A little bit. Hmm. I don't think I should be surprised by that, but I am. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into one single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from our favorite D&D streams, books, and Faerun's lore. Every week there's something new happening, and the game is available on almost any platform. Need some loot to gear up your champions? 
we're happy to offer a free Electrum chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on January 30th at 8 p.m. Pacific. So open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. P-R-A-M-P-A-A-N-C-A-R-K. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Forgive the interruption, but I promised Jonathan an update. And he now sits in the chair that Soria had vacated and opens up his notebook to a specific page and says, So I don't know if Jonathan had a chance to tell you, but while we were working together over the last couple of days, we encountered a pretty dire thing that happened out in the harbor with a boat that was completely filled with some pretty nasty alchemist fire. Did he catch you up on all of that? Yes. Yeah, basically. That's basically all that Jonathan would have known, because at that point, the official investigation took place. And uh, Jonathan, while there's nothing else that we need from you at this moment, I figured it was worth giving you some details because we've semi-finished our investigation. We're still looking for the exact culprits, but it was a boat meant to destroy at least the harbor of Waterdeep, if not more. The name on the registration of the boat, of both the captain and the first mate and anyone else on the boat were all fake names. We have not been able to track down any of the people who were said to have been manning that boat. It's never been in the harbor before. It has no other registration. And there was nothing else in that craft when we did a thorough search of it. Uh, At this point, the boat has been dismantled and the alchemist fire has been moved and distributed to safe houses so that they can be stored properly and safely. But we have been able to confirm that that was not just a shipment that went awry. That boat was designed to be a bomb. That's terrifying. There were some, and John Bernie looks over and says, small amount of details you left out over the bacon. Uh, well, I mean, there was an, an amount of alchemist fire. Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to be completely honest. Seeing that much al- alchemist fire all in one place kind of broke Jonathan the Magimuscular's brain. It was understandable. If he had not made it totally clear, if it wasn't for his actions, it's very possible that half the harbor and much of the city would be destroyed. That much alchemist fire would have been a disaster to try to quell if it had actually exploded the way that it seemed to have been supposed to. Um, The only lead that we have, and then he kind of looks at all of you and closes the book, and everybody give me an insight check. Insight. Insight. Well, it's actually not bad. Travancore, what'd you roll? 14. And Jonathan? Also 14. And Bernie? I got a nine. And Carlton? I I was getting cues off of Bernie, so I got a five. <laughs> All right. Our two 14s, uh, especially Jonathan having recently worked with Rifon, the two of you who got 14s, he says, he says this and closes the book, and you can tell that he's having a moment in where he is debating telling you something. It's a debate 
that he eventually must give in to because the next thing he says is, I'm telling you all of this not because I expect any of you to actively do any searching or to actually do any active investigation. But since you are so well connected in the city and because you are the fate changers that you are, I'm letting you know in case some information crosses you that might actually be helpful. The only lead that we have at the moment is a last name. We know that this boat, as I said, all of the names of the people who are on the boat were fake. They led nowhere. And that's been a dead end. This boat, while it's been gutted and altered in order to do what it was intended to do, which fortunately we stopped, it was renamed and we were able to figure out that it was a boat that was purchased from someone else and then renamed. And I'm not sure if this is an actual lead, but we know who originally owned the boat before it was sold to the group that then tried to use it to blow up the Waterdeep Harbor. I have a last name of Gallamin, G-A-L-A-M-I-N. If that name happens to cross your path, if you happen to hear anything, let me know. It may be another dead lead. It may lead nowhere. Maybe an actual person who was just selling their boat and just happened to sell it to some people and they are completely innocent, having no idea. This could be a conspirator. I don't know. But it's currently the only lead that we haven't completely shut down. Hmm. Do any of us recognize that name? <sighs> Roll me a history check, Travancore. All right. More history for, for yours truly. Yeah. Fifteen. The name rings a bell, but you don't know why. Oh, no. Does Jonathan the Muscular? maybe he read it at some point in the last month? Do we all need to do this to see if it rings a bell? Jonathan, I might have you all roll in a second, but, but Jonathan, there was a moment in where all of you got a list of names from Balana Zadok. It was the names of all of the performers in the orchestra playing in the concert. Do you remember if you read that list? I remember you got that list because it included Soria's real name. Right. And that, and we all had a we we were all very happy to to have that. Okay. So you so Jonathan read that list or I would assume so. I mean, I don't know that he would have like given it the hairy eyeball, but he would at least glanced at it. So Okay. I don't know if that would be like uh, yeah, yeah, he would have probably at least given it a once over, but I don't know how how much that would stick even in a keen mind. So I guess that's that's up to you. I don't think Jonathan would have had any reason to like memorize the names other than, uh, maybe other than curiosity. Then you know what? Give me a history check with advantage. I'm going to say Travancore in that moment is like, huh, that sounds familiar. And that sparks your keen mind for a second. 27. The person listed to play the Feluchin Bandalore. Her name is Nellowy Galliman. Well. She's one of the performers in the orchestra. Okay. So Jonathan the Mad Muscular is going to look at Travancore 
and to like, wait, the the Bandalore player? And I don't know if it changes any Trapicore, but assuming it does jog Trapicore's memory, he's going to say, yeah. You, you all now, as Jonathan brings this up, you now all remember this name from that list. You know this person? Uh, not personally, no. We don't know her. We do not. We do not know her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know her. This is this is why. <laughs> this is why I sh- I was told to keep this name under wraps. But you know what? It never hurts to let people like you know about things. Okay, okay. Uh, so the last name is the same. Okay, right. But I mean, that may be. It may not be this person specifically. It might be a relative or. A child. I, we don't know anything about this person, so we don't have no idea. Like we all have family, yeah. that We don't like. Yeah. Mm. Some so, of but- us worse than others, and I would hate to attribute to this poor person and like ruin their career the actions of a family member. No, that's that is a good point. But I definitely should talk to them. Did I overhear from your your bard friends that they were doing a rehearsal just now? Yeah, Captain Press, uh, I know you started this off by saying you didn't really want or need us to look into it, but do you do you want us to stop by? Maybe we live in a world of of weird stuff. Mm. And it could be that Nellowe uh Gallimin is has a has a weird relative that is uh up to no good. Maybe a weird relative who just got sick of sailing. But if we can start connecting some dots, at the very least, if all they did was just sell the boat, maybe they remember some details about who they sold it to. I agree. I also agree with Bernie that we definitely don't want to assume anything and accidentally ruin this person's career. If if you are correct, they might just be a relative. They might have just sold the boat. Let me go and talk to them. Now that I know that they're going to be somewhere in specific, I can talk to them alone, at least just just me. I think if all of you go, that might be a little much. And that way, if it is that she's just sold the boat or she knows someone who's just sold the boat and is perfectly innocent in all of this, I can get what information I need. And let me get back with all of you once I know a little bit more. But this is very helpful because we had run out of options and leads so this is super good to know and he closes he'd been writing a little bit in his book he closes the book with a snap puts it in his pocket i feel very invigorated like this is this is going to help with this investigation i will definitely keep you updated once i find out a little bit more are you are you going to this concert many of us are i'm i'm actually on duty to Um, help with crowd control for that concert. There's supposed to be a lot of people there and it's right against the wall. So we'll have some good places to post up. Right against the wall. I wonder why. Mm, It's weird. So Jonathan the Metamuscular uh, says, look, uh, Captain Press, there's there's one other possibility at me, myself being a a master of the arcane arts. Mind control. Uh, It could be that either... Nalawi or or someone else is is controlling her mind, and her will is not her, not her own. But in order to keep yourself and your and your investigation going, and and uh, and hopefully, may, if there is a mind control aspect to this, would you mind receiving a spell to 
gird your thoughts and, and keep your your personality and actions your own. You watch as Rifon Press gives you a wry grin and says, you know, I like both my thoughts and my loin girded. Go for it. All right. So Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to pat Captain Rifon Press on the shoulder and in a much gentler way than he does with Carlton, cast Mind Blank on him. He blinks is a there little still bit. still a... Yeah. <laughs> Whenever uh, Jonathan casts Mind Blank on Carlton, it is very much in the dueling, like, Expelliarmus! You know, it, it's, it's harsh and stuff. This, for someone who has never received this spell before, this is very soothing and not aggressive in the least, even though he's saying the exact same words that he drills into Carlton's head. Mind blank. <laughs> yeah. How does Carlton feel about this is what I want to know. How does Carlton feel about seeing mind blank cast on someone? Especially since you know now that it's cast on Rifon, you won't get it today. Like, that's more about where he's at. He's like, Jonathan, is, is, is it because of the beard? Bernie just mumbles under her breath, play stupid games and you win. Rifon, he shudders in that way when someone gets like a chill down their spine, but the wry grin stays and he, his eyes blink for a moment i don't feel anything am i supposed to feel something uh hopefully if the spell does its job then you won't feel anything uh for another time of duration variable okay. that will be filled later that john jonathan the magical muscular would actually know i think it's 24 hours i, th I, I think it's 24 hours yeah yeah okay all right well i trust you so okay I'm going to go. be aware if someone tells you, is talking to you and says, you will do the thing, and they, they make a weird hand gesture like that, but mm. then you don't feel like you want to do the thing, at that point, you might want to draw blades or do whatever you do. Ah, uh, I could do both. I could draw blades, or I could just be sneaky and know that they were trying to do something and come back with backup, which is probably what I would do if there's someone powerful enough to be able to control someone's mind. Backup is always a good thing, but this is good. I feel better knowing if this is a possibility that I'm going to go and protect it. So thank you. But let me go find out some more information. And I'll I'll come back when I know more, if I know more. For all we know, as you said, this could be just an innocent bystander who knew someone who sold their boat. But at least it is a lead. It's more than I had yesterday at about this time. So I appreciate it. And with that, he stands back up and brushes off his awesome coat. And gives you all a wave and heads on out. Getting a lot of visitors today, aren't we? Feel like we're holding court. <laughs> this would be much easier than walking around the city finding the people. Yeah, have here Why don't we always have them come to us? You know what? If it, listen, if we, I don't, I don't know why I'm having this conversation now. But if we choose to continue to operate together, maybe we get a fortress or a place that people can come to us instead of. As Bernie said, going around everywhere and finding everyone's problems, people can just bring whatever they need to us, and we don't have to walk around at all. And at this point, Gestock comes up with a second round of bacon for a couple of people and says, oh, you don't want to just use my tavern? I mean, that's kind of what you've been doing. Gestock, that's very true. What's our bill? Have we paid that recently? I feel like we should pay you something at some point. Uh, you know, after you help out death, I feel like it's kind of all on the house. Also, you paid me for the last time that you were using the room, so it's fine. I think you all know 
I'm not doing this for the money. Right. Okay. That's fair enough. That being said, if you ever want to drop some gold on me, I'm not going to say no. Jonathan the Magimuscular's mage hand appears and takes him five gold. Or I guess, what is an amount that's not just like a, you know, mess with the kid's hair? Hey, here's here's five bucks. Go, you know. Go see a Star War. I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, what's, what's not an insulting amount of gold? Like, an actual, like, good amount of gold. Five gold is not an insulting amount of gold. I mean, five gold is like weeks worth of pay for the normal person living in Waterdeep. Let me put it this way. You have all had a lovely full breakfast with seconds and coffee and pretty much anything that you could want this morning. And probably the entire bill would come to about a gold. Okay. Okay. So you're basically just five times more than he would have gotten this morning. So he he takes it and he gives you a nod and says, champagne for dinner then. All right. And he heads Hooray! back Hooray! Champagne and prime rib. There you go. Yeah. You're going to have the best tater tots. Oh my God. So he, I... He's going to hothouse potato you tater tots. It's going to be great. I love my tiny wife. I the only thing I wish is that she liked beef as much as I do because I see all of these holiday like prime rib roasts that our friends are making and they look delicious and we had we had ham and turkey it was a meat miss and uh <laughs> I just meat one miss. of these days I want to make a a prime rib roast but really I'm the only one that would enjoy it a, a tiny wife would eat it but it's not her preference, so I'm not going to spend, you know, the money on a good, like a really good prime rib roast just to, for me to, like, you know, engorge myself on meat. Now's not the time to tell you that we had reverse sear steak for Christmas dinner, is it? Oh, no. You know, go, please. Absolutely. I, I want everyone else to be, to be able to have meat. The next steak I want to make, I actually took it off our grocery order because, like, you know, we're going to, we still have ham and I made a couple of quiches, so we still have those. And then we're going to make chili. So, but uh, yeah, next steaks I were going to do, I was going to do, we're going to be uh, uh, reverse seared as I wanted to give that a try. My parents for the last couple of years have sent Luke and I a package of Omaha steaks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, of course, is a package of of a variety of meats, not just steaks. And despite the fact that I don't eat pork, they do get one of the boxes that includes some pork chops so that Luke can enjoy some pork. Because there's always days in where, like, he's eating and I'm not because I have a stream or something. So... You know, there, there's there's the, the, those days that he's able to enjoy a little bit of pork when I am going to have to eat at a different time or I'm away or something. So p- package of meat is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I also have oranges coming, but, you know, package, it's hard to argue with oranges and meat. There, that's that's how I'm ending <laughs> the show. Hard to argue with oranges and meat. Happy meat miss, everybody. Happy meat miss. Is there anything any of you would like to do today, let's say, and... Then also before the concert, let me put it that way. Like those two things. Okay. Did Carlton actually look miffed that that Rifon got the gentle mind blank, but but he gets a different kind of mind blank? It was more about that he got the mind blank, and now Carlton's just hoping we don't get into some shit today. Okay. Is... Is this like a Carlton parent? Does, Carlton's tough. He doesn't mind the. Huzzah! It's our. It's our okay. little like strong man moment that we have together. Right. Is strong man moment. Is it a episode. parent that Carlton is? Oh, 
It, well, I mean, he was like, he looked and he was like, but, 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 and that's what he asked. Is, is it because of the beard? Like, is that why I'm not getting it? Is it because of the beard? Did you want to go with me to the wall? Because if, like, if you did, we can go talk to Seekin. Jonathan the Magimuscular takes out his hand and snaps and casts Wish. Oh, oh shit! To okay. replicate the eighth level spell, Mind Blank. Oh, well, then I'm not going to have any shenanigans right. because that doesn't include any shenanigans. It just describe, is that just how you cast wishes with a snap or is it only because you're replicating the spell? I th- let me let me look at wish. Uh, because I mean, I, this is this is 100 percent flavor. All I'm right, asking right. is like your flavor when you are casting it. Uh, listen, I'm a bald man with a goatee vaguely resembling <laughs> the nutsack chin of Thanos. Genocide notwithstanding. He's one of my favorite characters. So for Wish, the closest that Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to be get getting to snapping the Infinity Gauntlet, it's going to be a snap for Wish. And it, it, yeah, it, he's like mind blank and snap. <laughs> and Carlton, you now have mind blank cast upon what? you. You recognize that feeling. Oh, I thought you could only do that once per day. So. Uh, uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular has a new trick up his sleeve, but Jonathan the Magimuscular almost apparently ha- was going to have to use it to rescue you from being lost in time. No, I would have came back eventually. <laughs> or something. Bernie and Travancore, as they're having this discussion, roll perception checks for me, please. Okadoka. 15. 18. The both of you, I'm going to say it's because the both of you are on the same side of the booth. And are looking at Carlton and Jonathan having this moment with wish and a mind blank. And you look past and you happen to see past them. And Bernie, this is now the second time in essentially 15 days that you've noticed Gestock being surprised. But the both of you very clearly see Gestock out of nowhere, his head pop up from behind the counter, his eyes wide, his Face pale, looking super concerned. Bernie looks down at her teapot filled with tea and she says, I'm going to get a refill. And uh, she just like (laughs) walks over to Gestalt and she says, you know, for someone as such as yourself, you have a great many concerns and anxieties. You want to tell me (laughs) about this? Do you actually want me to talk? About what's been going on the last couple of days? Or do you just want me to go get some really good champagne? Because I gotta tell you, I'm okay with playing the part of a person who doesn't exactly know what just got cast. But hey, I need to know, what, what's your line? Oh, yeah. Well, look. This is your establishment, and as much as I am content to eat bacon, drink tea, and let people come to me with their mildly solvable problems, you could lay down a few ground rules, if you would like, about what can and can. I once knew a man that wouldn't let you use sending inside of his establishment. Ruins the vibe. So, you could, um... You could make a wishes get stitches rule. I could. I could also make a bunch of rules about who I allow in this bar. But I feel like a moment ago, I just said it was okay for you to use this as your home base. Probably be a little disingenuous for me to start telling you 
Well, you can have stopping by and what spells you can cast, right? No, actually, it would not be. It I appreciate is your- you saying that. <laughs> but, yeah. Hey, listen, I trust y'all, but... And he his eyes flick back over to Jonathan, who... Jonathan, you can only see the back of your head because the two of you, you and Carlton, have oh, your back. Jonathan doesn't ro- notice any of this. Jonathan is just going on about, like, how awesome Wish is. Like, oh, I didn't think... I honestly, I'm not saying that a tear in reality was a possible side effect, <laughs> uh, but I'm glad it didn't happen. It didn't come up. Isn't that awesome, Carlton? <laughs> Wait, a tear in reality? What? No, nah, no, nah, don't worry about that last bit. So, um, <laughs> okay. yeah, but uh, yeah, exactly. Mind blank. Mind blanks for everybody. Driving girl, come get your mind blank. Bernie looks at Gestalt and she says, you know, I know they've already had their last meals, so I can call in a big favor if this gets... <laughs> Just... Keep an eye on everybody, okay? As as y'all are getting getting into that kind of thing. Oof. Jack the player is like just loving the whole Gestalt weighing whether he wants to have the plausible deniability of Commissioner Gordon or whether he wants to go all in like an Alfred. <laughs> is he <laughs> is he Jim Gordon or is he Alfred Pennyworth? He's kind of a little bit of both in this moment. Alfred I'm Gordon. gonna let you because <laughs> of your role, Alfred Gordon. I'm going to let you decide how much of this Travancore can see and how much what you're paying attention to. But if if you want to have understood what's going on, even though you've stayed stayed seated, you can. But eventually, Gestock nods and says to to Bernie, "Just keep an eye on them, okay?" Oh, I I try, I try, and then sometimes they, you know. Travel to other planes when I'm just trying to have a nice day out. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes they need to keep an eye on you as you chat with some very powerful people, right? The powerful people I chatted with were not about to cast Wish in the middle of when there was. Let me tell you. Are you, you sure? Very sure. You want to know why there were no rips in my space-time reality when I had a nice picnic? You know, was cast that day. Sending. And some very well-aimed creeps. Bernie, roll an insight check. Travancore is remembering a uh, a line that was taught to him from a text from Shree Bonnick Bonaventure about a, uh, a a sort of a protest outside of university that said, what do we want? The understanding that space and time are part of the same continuum. When do we want it? There. There. <laughs> What'd you get on your insights? 16. <laughs> With a 16, when Gestock, when you say... You know, there was no worry of wish being cast. And Gestock says, are you sure? And you say, yeah. The look on his face, he tries to school it, but he fails miserably. It's not that he thinks you're lying. He thinks you have the wrong information. Gestock thinks that the dragon that came walking into his bar the other day could absolutely cast wish. Well, just because you can do something doesn't mean you're going to do something. This is true. For instance, I kill everyone in here with the exception of you, probably. I'm not going to. I also can do a whole lot of other things that I'm not going to do. Jonathan, however, apparently can and will cast Wish in order to mind blank Carlton for the day. So we'll have a conversation about when and where and how that can happen. And we can... Just establish that in your establishment, you're not going to do that. We will save our rips in the space-time continuum for the Amethyst Acropolis since I own that property and I can give permission for him to use Wish there. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's fine. Like I said, 
I wouldn't have let you stay here if I didn't trust you. I know exactly what all of you are. Thought I knew what you were capable of, but, you know, a couple new tricks. All I'm saying, you don't have to contain anything. You don't have to stop doing stuff. All I'm saying is, I trust you because I know all of you will try to do the right thing at the right time. I also know when you have the power to do some epic things that sometimes you're put in a position where you have to make epic decisions. So just keep an eye on each other, okay? Okay, that was not an epic decision in Gestock. Remember what they say about house guests and fish. And Bernie's going to turn back to the table and she's going to walk up to Jonathan and she's going to smack him on the side of his head. Oh. And she's going to say, what was that? Shield. <laughs> you smack him on the side of the shield. I think I think it makes the same Ugh, the same impact. What what I do? What did you do? And she looks at Carlton. She says, "Carlton, does your brain feel surprisingly protected?" Yeah, I mean, well, not, no, 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 it doesn't feel surprisingly protected. It feels the same amount of protected as it has been for the past few days and weeks. So it's not really a surprise in how it feels protected. It feels protected, but it's not surprising. Does that make sense? Surprising that you could have it protected, yes. right? Surprised that I could have it protected after seeing it protected otherwise, but not surprised of the protection effect. We were all surprised. <laughs> She's just going to stare at Jonathan and Jonathan wait. Jonathan the Magic Muscular was surprised too. It's a good thing uh, this doesn't go away. Bernie, Bernie says trust is an important thing, and it would be a shame to lose the trust of someone who provides us with tater tots and bacon and very nice tea because we ripped a hole in the fabric of time in the middle of his tavern. No, we did that at Seekin's place. Yeah, we and I, I don't I almost, really care uh, for the trust of Seekin. Right, no, but that's where the time happened was at Seekin's, not here. So here's fine. No. What? Did I rip a time hole here too? I didn't rip a time hole. No, you didn't, but you could have. And at this point, Gestock comes walking on up and is bringing a plate to fill for shadow. And he puts it on down and stands up and says, if things go wrong, all I ask is that you fix it. It'll be fine. And walks away. <laughs> and I don't want to have to find a new tater tot institution, Jonathan. When you cast Wish, you do it in a place <sighs> that we're okay breaking. Oh, okay. I'm, okay, that's fair. And with that promise of only casting Wish in places that don't actually have amazing tater tots. We'll pause there. And the next time we get together, the concert's going to happen, unless there's anything you want to do in between, no, which no. we'll talk about beforehand. But Bernie and Carlton have a conversation about the space-time hole they ripped in Segan's place, oh. apparently. Oh, oh, so another eighth-level spell that can be replicated by Wish? Because spell replication doesn't have any consequences, like, like, like uh, Lauren said. But a spell that... Wouldn't have any wish consequences, but would have plenty of other cons uh, consequences. Dark Star. And Jonathan remembers that spell. Oh, it's an eighth level spell. <laughs> Didn't Jonathan make a promise about using that spell? He did. He, mm -hmm. did. he did. So it won't rip mm -hmm. a fabric in space time, but somebody's going to rip uh, into Jonathan the Magic Muscular. No, no, yeah. both so things would happen. The, yeah. both it's not going to rip happen. the space-time continuum. It's going to rip you a new asshole <laughs> yeah, if you're not careful. No, no, it, it, would be, it would be mutually inclusive. 
Space-time gets ripped. Jonathan the Metamuscular gets ripped. And not just by Birdie. <laughs> there would be a, they, a very, very powerful evoker coming for him, too. Multiple fissures, not just in one place. Exactly. Does Barney remember the, the evoker? Yes, you all uh, remember yeah. from the... Good. Yeah. Jonathan's a uh, stern teacher, right? What's yeah. his face? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so there Bernie's is one thing sending. that Travancore wants to do very quickly before we, we finish it. Th- okay. So with, with Carlton's permission, Travancore wants to activate Murray and show him the, the things he drew him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he hasn't talked to him yet. Okay. Oh, hi. Hey. Oh, it's been a while. Where'd you get that beard from? Oh, my God. Uh, Feywild. I was, for uh, four yeah, seconds, Feywild yeah. Would do- See the flower? Yeah, Feywild. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Feywild would do that to you. It's a good thing you only have a beard. Jeez. Yeah. Well, you know, keep that thing oiled. Keep that thing groomed. It's 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 kind of impressive. You should you should really clean it up a little bit, but it's it's I'm impressed. I mean, I can't grow any more facial hair. Yeah, that, that was going to be on the agenda before we go to the concert, you know, you know, because I got to look good in my uh, tuxedo dress. Oh, you're going to a concert. Yeah, well, there's a symphony orchestra. Also, these pictures. Oh. Okay, yeah. Well, enjoy the enjoy the concert. I'll see you. I'll okay. see if we can sneak you in. We might be able to get you. Uh, our skull's not allowed. Well, I, I'm I'm trying to not have to pay for your ticket because you're not going to take up a whole seat. So I, I'm only going to have like ten minutes of the concert. So like, you shouldn't. Would you rather have zero minutes of the concert? No, what I'm saying is you shouldn't have to pay for right, a ticket exactly. for me that, since I'm only going to have. Then yeah. it's a whole thing about like, oh, well, he doesn't take up a seat. He's only going to see ten minutes. I should only have to pay this. So I'm just going to sneak in. Okay. I mean, I'm very sneakable. You are. Look at me. Super sneakable. We have great pockets and bags for you. <laughs> uh, you know, all I know is that every once in a while, I just I just show up and you've got some new facial hair. I'm, I'm kind of impressed. Travancore, I'm sorry, you wanted to do something with Murray? <laughs> oh, yeah. Distracted so by Travancore beards. has, I guess he runs up real quick while that exchange happens, runs back downstairs and shows uh, Murray the, the, the pictures of uh, the island that he drew for, uh, for him. Both of them. Oh, wow. Do you do these? Yeah, yeah, I just sort of wanted to, sort of an apology, a peace offering for sort of leaving you with, uh, with Captain uh, Langley. I don't think you had to apologize for that. It was a little weird being left as kind of collateral, but, you know, I've been left for worse, and she was, she was pretty nice, but these are lovely. Oh, I like the one of the entire island. That's really well done. You got the perspective on this really nice. Is this where you were? Yeah, yeah, we went to retrieve a thing, and Travancore goes into telling the story of uh, them going over there to get the uh, the Faltier instrument and all that. Ah, and you couldn't you couldn't bring me back one of those little dinosaurs to ride on. I mean, I really wanted really wanted one of those little dinosaurs. You could have put me on top of its head like a whole like a piece of armor or something and then it would have been a dinosaur with a skull, but it would have been a, a, you know, me as a skull and then every once in a while I could talk and it would be it would be I'd have this beak of a like little one of those little little dinosaurs. Well, you know, this is the next best thing and tell you what, uh, the next well, the time after we activate you for the concert, maybe I'll just take you up on one of my equals. Um, there's a theory going around back home that this this being is somehow descended from those great dead lizards. Or like, so not dead in our time, but whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as I know, there's still dinosaurs floating around everywhere. It's just you, there's a lot more on the plane of water. Yeah, these are just small feathered dinosaurs called eagles. Small feathered dinosaur. Okay, all right. I mean. Whatever you want to call them, they're kind of cool. Next time you do that, put me on one of your eagle's heads. It'll be epic. I'll be like a little, a little hat on top of an eagle, or like a, you know, like a protective uh, helmet, and then, and then you'll have a skull eagle face. Yeah. And in that fashion, I will give you essentially what you wanted. 
Yes, I'll take it for however long I can. And then then we can fly. You know how long it's been since I've flown? Oh, that'd be super cool. All right, so what's this concert I'm going to? And am I flying on the eagle to the concert? Because that'd be even even better. That might make it hard to sneak you in. Yeah, but at that point, I'm flying on an eagle. Who cares? Well, I think we'll probably just have maybe Carlton could activate you like during the concert, during one of the best parts. Okay. What's one of the best parts? Travancore, I think that's probably better suited for you. Because it's all going to be the best part to me. Yeah, but I got I, I have a I have a date, so maybe whoa, one of us whoa, can... you have a date. Did Jonathan read over like look at the music? We could just ask Soria. What? What shouldn't we activate him during Soria's solo? Isn't that the best part? Because she's our friend. Good point. Yeah, when it's clear that it's the movement that Soria is okay, yeah. featured we'll, in, we'll do Soria's uh, movement. You didn't look over the music. She didn't show you the music, but because she did say that each movement specified an instrument that you can very easily find out. So she's playing the Klee Lyre, and the movement that features that instrument is the third movement. So you can very easily find that out. And a lot of times when the instrument is featured, like within the first couple of seconds, it becomes apparent. Like, oh, 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 okay. Clarinet solo. Got it. All right, cool. All right, well, I'll, I'll be as prepared as possible. I should probably be quiet when that happens, right? Unless I'm on the eagle, in which case you're going to get a woo. I'm going to be wooing if you put me on the eagle. But if I'm not on the eagle, and the next time I talk, I will be quiet. I will be respectful at a concert. That's probably probably wise, considering okay. we're not paying for All right. you. Well, I, I like this. I, I like that we're both uh, being respectful and breaking the law at the same time. This is the best way to go about things. You know, stick it to the man, and then also, and at that point, the 10 minutes ends. Yep. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. Travacore took up some time, yeah. you know, telling stories and things. So. Yeah. yeah. Bernie did want to have sent a sending to Thontorvac at some point before the concert. Okay, uh, do you want to do that simply, role now? Yeah, she would have just told him who, uh, what, what they're playing, and, um who arranged it and then i suppose we are between now and the concert hoping to hear from soria if uh, they practice it all the way through yes you will hear that uh the next time i will say thontrefract does get back to you pretty much immediately and says oh thank you that's helpful interesting an arrangement of new music from Falatir himself oh this should be exciting I'm interested to see what the entire audience thinks of all the movements. And that's all you get. Bernie replied, where'd we find this? Back in Greenest. While you were in Greenest, very early on, it was amongst... Wendragod. Wendragod, thank you. I was thinking Wayland yutani like this was friggin' <laughs> Uh Wendragod, the undead lich-type creature that, you, that had the, the baby dragon, basically, amongst his stuff was a bunch of different things, and that book was one of them. And you had taken note of it because at the time you were also helping Fontorvrak, who <laughs> was originally helping to attack Greenest because he was being blackmailed because his record player had been stolen, to, to make a very long story very short. So, uh, Bernie just replies, she goes, we found it in Greenest in Windergod's cave thing. There's a pause, and then he responds, that long ago. Interesting. Maybe I will eventually have to go check out his tower. And that's all you get. That's our tower. He's gonna beat us to it. He's gonna beat us to it. 
<laughs> and with that, we'll pause. And the next time we get together, we'll have a, a couple little things to pick up on before the concert. I would like you all to come prepared for the concert. You know it's an outdoor concert in the um, the City of the Dead, which is kind of in a park-like setting. There is no specific dress code because it is an outdoor concert and it's still kind of cold. So you can decide what you want to wear. Travancore is going with Olivia Passerak, and all of you, including Travancore, and if you want Olivia, have invitations to sit in the VIP box seats that the Watchful Order has because of your status. But you can decide to sit anywhere you want. So just kind of think about that, about what you would like, and if you have any any ideas of any of that. Uh, but let me give you some experience for filling everybody in on what you're doing over the break. For mind blanking Rifon Press, for holding court in the Golden Rock Tavern, for some really good roles about stuff that's happened in real world months ago, and for Wish finally happening. I'm going to give you a total of 10,000 experiences split between the four of you. Next time we get together, it's concert time, baby. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons and extend a special thanks to our top tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, Rebecca, a.k.a. Bunny Monster, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.